Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast. I'm John Vort and we're here with Tom Crawford, our man in East Lansing, Michigan, a uh, major Michigan uh, follower and someone who knows the Wolverines inside and out. And he, uh, despite his extensive knowledge, is waiting along with the rest of us and the rest of the world to find out exactly what Jim Harbaugh is doing. Tom Crawford, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm getting Harbaugh fatigue right now, JB, and I think a lot of other Michigan people are as well. And, you know, I'm in contrast to what I said a week ago. I said, you know what, I'm just going to navigate this thing. Whatever happens, happens. And and that's I still have that philosophy for the for the most part. But this thing is 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 getting to be I'm not saying it's getting to be ridiculous, but it's headed in that in that direction. These Knicks this past Saturday and following two Saturdays are huge weekends in college football for 23 recruits, junior days, they call them. And everybody's got 18 to 30 kids plus going coming into, into your place. And then you're out on the road during the week. The coaches are position coaches are in the head coach. I don't, I don't know why this is continuing. I make a freaking decision and move on, whatever that is. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we were just talking about uh, Jim Harbaugh before we came on here, and and I posited the fact that you know his thinking very well could be: look, I'm doing my job. I hired yeah. a defensive line coach. I'm recruiting. I'm telling uh, parents and and all it's status quo. So maybe I don't necessarily care what uh, what people think out there. But you're saying you probably should care because of. Uh, what what other uh, what recruits might be thinking and others around them might be saying? Well, absolutely, because they're, these kids are going to put themselves in a situation. Uh, you know, a year from now, when I'm a senior, are going to be are we going to be going down this path of uncertainty with this guy? I mean, he's under contract, and so and you know, it's like it's just obvious he's going to renegotiate it. But yeah, I, I I just think it's not being totally transparent. I get it. He has the power to do it, but I, I, here's what I want to know. If he leaves, everything's cool with me. If he leaves, as long as it's an internal hire and Mike Elson stays on and those three other, you know, those three Michigan guys, Ronald Bellamy obviously stays on and Mike Hart, you know, those, I want that stability to be there. Josh Gaddis, that'd be great. Keep that staff intact. John, this staff right now, in my opinion, is the best staff I can ever remember in Michigan football history. Wow. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's an overstatement. Maybe I, maybe that is. But at least I'm, in the last 20 years, in the last 20 years, this decade, I'm, this I'm is a good one. I regularly said that uh, this is the best staff that Jim Harbaugh has had. But yeah. uh, you're, you're, you're out there a ways, you know. I, now – now Jerry Hanlon and the and the the whole sixty nine crew might yes, beg no no I no I I, I, I get I'm that. just I, throwing that in there to mess with you but no, no I, I yeah, agree I get that. very very good staff and and given that I think you're right 
you want to retain this staff regardless of what happens. So I'm going to throw three scenarios at you, and you tell me what you think the result would be uh, as best you can project for Michigan football in the near and maybe distant future. Scenario one is Jim Harbaugh, we hear in the next few days, hey, on board, contract is extended, everything is good to go, just like it was last year, except for the with the addition of Mike Elston. What would be your thoughts on uh, on that occurrence? Uh, well, I mean, it, 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 okay, so you want to know if Harbaugh leaves, what, what happens then? Is that what your no, question no. is? Scenario one is we, oh. we hear that his contract is extended here. Uh, okay. Everything continues on just like it did last season, except okay. with the addition of Mike Elston. How do you think that uh, how how would they be situated going into twenty twenty two? Oh, okay, okay. Um, I was thinking thinking ahead of, of what I wanted to say about another thing. I, I think it would be terrific. You know, I, I think that's good. But you know what is also as good if Mike Hart is a head coach. You know what I mean? Because I'm telling you something right now, John, that. Mike Hart leaving Tom Allen really surprised me because he thought the world of Tom Allen. I know that for a fact, okay, from a really good source. Okay, so he likes Tom Allen. He's happy at Indiana, and he leaves to come to Michigan. That got my attention because I figured there had to be some other caveat there that, listen, you know, number 20, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get a shot. You're going to be the guy to be the head coach when I leave. I just have this gut feeling that was part of the arrangement of Mike Hart coming over back to Ann Arbor to his alma mater to coach the Wolverines as a running backs coach. And I am not one of these guys. You have to have be a DC or an OC to be a head coach. I know there's a hell of a lot of great position coaches that can move on from being a position coach to be a great head coach. All right, you kind of anticipated scenario two, not necessarily with the head coach, projected head coach that you name, but scenario two would be Arbaugh does leave, but Michigan either promotes from within or gets another head coach, but keeps the staff largely unchanged, keeps people in place. Uh, and it sounds like you could definitely live with that sort of uh, scenario and think that Michigan could continue on and and be pretty successful right away. Uh, live with it. I'd be just as happy, maybe even more. I and, and I kid you not, because we're only one year removed from what our attitude about Jim Harbaugh was a year ago. Now I know he's done some great things in the past year, but I I got to see more sample size before I'm just totally, you know. Torn, you know, tied into this thing, it's Jim Harbaugh or bust. And I just think these additions of the staff are huge. Now, my big question is, if Harbaugh leaves, if Josh Gaddis doesn't get uh, the head coach, is he just going to leave right then if Mike Hart gets it? I don't know. But you know what? That's fine because I think I just want Mike Hart leading this team. I, I just do. I just do someday. I want him, and maybe the sooner the better. That's where I am right now because I'm starting to get really fatigued with this BS, with this Harbaugh stuff because it's. I think it's a distraction to the program. I really do. And I, you know, most coaches don't want to be. They don't want to be the story. They want their team to be the story. Good coaches do, and uh, he's becoming the story. And he's allowing him to become the story by not being totally transparent 
of where he's at right now and not having it trickle through some recruit's dad with, with unsubstantiated reports, blah, 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 from the John U. Bacon store. I don't, or Sam Webb store. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, that isn't, I don't buy into that crap. I want to know from him what he's going to be doing. Okay. Uh, let me allow you to, uh, let me uh, become devil's advocate here uh, in a couple of scenarios. What, what does Michigan lose in the short term by, by Jim Harbaugh? Uh, maybe listening to his options, uh, but still going 100% full ahead on recruiting and do preparing for spring practice and everything else. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, you mean, you mean, in other words, we go for till the, till the weekend or beyond, or how far are you talking about? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's not I, good. I think if- it's not good. It's not good because it can be leveraged against him. You know, I mean, 23s are coming in, you know, I mean, they're going to have their mindsets. 23s are committing right now. There's a lot of good 23s that are committing. And you you need, I mean, Michigan State just landed a good four-star. Michigan's landed one. I mean, you've got, this is the time when 23s come into play. Junior days are huge at the Power 5 big-time programs. And it, start, it started last week, and it's this week, and it's next week, and whatever, you know, right up until February, and I'm not sure when the next off period is. This is a critical time for recruiting and what you're doing is you're causing all this ridiculous noise to come into play. And I just don't think it's good for the program. And, and you know, why, why not just come clean? I mean, that's what I think most people appreciate more than anything is transparency in this world. Yep, I think, uh, but I, I could also see a uh, situation where he's listening and, and considering other options where you can't make an announcement right away. Anyway, uh, devil's advocate number two before we move on to the third scenario, and that is simply this. What has you convinced that Mike Hart will be a uh, really good head coach uh, down the road or even as close as next year? Well, it's 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 more gut reaction than anything. Um, it's the Michigan man thing, and that's probably not thing not a good thing people say to do, but – I, it's just people that I respect a lot who have been around him that I know, and, 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 and it's their opinion. It's not my opinion. People that have been inside the walls of Indiana um, and, 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 and other places, I just, I just like the guy. I like the fire. I like the fire of Mike Hart. I, I go back to 2005, and he ran that, 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 sweet, that zone play on the, on the left side going down the – going down the Western sidelines and he, and he got tackled in front of the Michigan state bench and he just, you know, pumped his chest right in front of the Spartan bench. Okay. That's what's missing in this program when it comes to Michigan state. And it's coming out and saying after the 2000 game and kneeling, because we know what, we know what, what Mark D'Antonio did with a moment of silence and how that all got, you know, how all that evolved in, in a chain reaction of kneeling and all that stuff, you know, which some of it irritated me, obviously, and it, but it got out of hand. But my point is this. I like that fire when it comes to Michigan, Michigan State, from Mike Hart. And he's a New York guy. He's not even an in-state guy. But he knows what it's all about. you got to make that that game has got to be a bigger priority than it is, or you're going to get your butt kicked for two or three more years on top of it twice in a row. Bottom line, you want to return to Michigan, Michigan State uh, in the years of Bo Beckler, Gary Moeller, and Lloyd Carr. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because I really, truly think that is as important as the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry 
You got to own your state. Now, listen, Mich the state of Michigan is not exactly stellar in talent relative to the rest of the, of, of the United States in certain pockets of their eight or 10 other states that are really, really good football players that blow away the state of Michigan. I'll just say that right now. But my point is this you got to own your state. You have to be the brand in this state. And you can't have Michigan, even you're getting, you know, get guys from Georgia coming up here. They can't go to Michigan State. They got to think about Michigan first. And I think Mike Hart is the guy to do that. All right. We're going to move on to scenario number three, which would be if Jim Harbaugh lost and took a, a substantial portion of this staff with him, what uh, sort of straits would that put the Wolverines in for 2022 and uh, the near future? Well, that would piss me off big time. I think that would be a total slap in the face. He's not thinking about his program. You're doing that right now. You're taking all your dudes with you and you're stringing them along. No, I, that would be, I would lose a ton of respect if he did. I don't think he will do that because I think, I think what's going to happen is what we talked about. You and I have talked about this the last few days in, in text. I think it's going to stay intact. And I think you're, I think you're on the line of thinking it could be Mike Hart as well, right, JB, as a, as opposed to a Josh Gaddis? Or what are your thoughts on that? I'm not sure what would happen if uh, if it was right now. I think eventually uh, you you have identified the future head coach of Michigan. I do. Uh, yeah. But but whether you know that would be a, it would be a lot for Ward Manuel to pull that uh, trigger right now because. You know, you haven't had a guy as a, as a an offensive coordinator for Michigan, or and that jump. Now, I'm talking about selling it to uh, to the public. It's it's kind of like Juwan Howard. That move was questioned heavily, yeah. until it produced a a Big Ten championship in year yeah. two. Now, yeah. if I think that the Oh, Mike Hart's a, a fiery enough guy, a smart enough guy, a good enough leader, and with having good people around him, yeah, I think he could have the same sort of success. And then that other problem gets taken care of. I, I you know, I'm, you know, a, a head coach is, is an or it's like a leader of an orchestra. They're an orchestra leader. I mean, they they know how to motivate their team. They know how to motivate their staff. They need to know. They they need to know how to. Do not micromanage their staff, which Mel Tucker is very good at up here. He lets his staff, you know, if he hired, if you work for Mel Tucker, you're going to do your thing and he's going to stay out of your way. And a lot of assistants and coordinators love that. And I think, I think that's really, really important to do. And I think Jim Harbaugh finally got that maybe year number seven. I don't think he got it earlier. Maybe that's why there was so much turnover. But um, I think Mike Hart can, can be that guy. And I think Ward Manuel, I got to commend Ward Manuel, that Juwan, Hi Juwan Howard hire, to me, was an absolute home run that had a riverboat gambler kind of aspect to it. I mean, he put himself out there, did, you know, you know Ward Manuel making that hire. Because I remember sitting in that media and a lot, you know, when we were there at Chrysler and, the, and we were kind of chatting before, it's like, do you think this is going to work out? I remember all those dial. I remember all that conversation we had. Mm -hmm. no you, remember, doubt. you think this will work out? I don't know. I don't not know. Only, it's, it's, yeah. It not works. only the conversation that we had, but conversation that a lot of people were having. And, uh, okay, where you know, the, yes, you get the great feel good. Yes, you get the tears at the podium. Yes, everybody just thinks this is so terrific because he's got NBA connections and he's got connections that will help him in recruiting and all that. 
but until you see it play out on the court, you know, and, and at the slightest turn of things this year, we're shifting into basketball, which we were oh, going yeah. to do anyway. Uh, yeah. The slightest turn of things this year, you heard, well, boy, now uh, John Beeline's guys are, are starting to float out of the program, and uh, maybe maybe it's all going to be downhill from here. I don't believe that for a second. You saw a shorthanded Michigan team play with great heart at Illinois, although the Illini are the best team in the Big Ten this year and pulled away from them. And obviously you followed the solid win from play basketball. So I, I think that, um, yeah, the, uh, the uh, assessment that, that Juwan Howard uh, maybe wasn't all we thought here in recent weeks was more born out of frustration. And uh, I, I think that although this is a, a growth year, Regardless, you were replacing NBA guys with with college uh, with with guys fresh out of high school um, was a bigger task than what we expected. But but you're right. Uh, There's no overall. Juwan Howard has proven that uh, that he can do the job. Yeah. And as we segue into to basketball, I'll take that baton from you, JB. We'll go into that. You know, my, my thoughts on the Illinois game, you know, you know, as, fr- as frustrated as I was still in that Illinois game with some of the half-court sets, I thought that team played hard. I mean, it's like, it's like Phil Martelli says, yeah, when you say your team played hard, that means typically they lost, but they did play hard, you know, and, and that carried over into the Maryland game. You know, so the Maryland game on Tuesday night, you know, right out of the shoot, you know, Caleb Houston, first trip down the court, he's that wing jumper. That is his patented, that's his sweet spot, nails it. You can see the body language. I talked to him about the game after the game uh, about that. He says, yeah, that was a real shot in the arm. You know, it just got him going. And, and, and Juwan said the same thing. And then he, then he, you found him driving to the hoop. And so all of a sudden that was a great game. I mean, this wasn't a vintage Maryland team and uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, I'm not saying everything's remedied, but I just think that that Illinois game, we are going to look back. Even if they don't make the tournament, it's going to be one of those games you're going to look back at. At least these kids are playing hard despite going through the COVID. Um, Hunter talked about how sick he was at the Michigan State game or the day before, and he wanted to play that game, and he got tested late and how bad he felt. He felt dizzy at the down in Champaign. He, you know, he, was, he couldn't play in that game, how frustrated that was for him. And then look what he did against Maryland. Uh, how well he played and, and Caleb Houston played. And, you know, it's just like, wow, it, it was, it was a, it was a great, a great game on, on Tuesday night for the Wolverines, albeit a very sparse crowd. I was really disappointed in the number of no shows on Tuesday night. It wasn't inclement weather. Everybody, the students are back. There's just a lot of lower bowl seats that I was disappointed in. Well, I think that, I mean there more there might be more to that than what's going on just with Michigan. Uh, you know the rules have changed about uh, who's in, who's out. There are concerns by others about you know the uh, the Omicron variant going around and a lot of people sick. So I'm I'm not going to assign that all right. to people saying we're gonna we're packing it in. We're not going to support this team. I'll be I'll be interested to see what kind of Chrysler crowds there are, because I think there are more factors, like I said, than just the fact that Michigan hasn't played as well as uh, as we would have expected to this point. You mentioned Hunter Dickinson, 
and he was the one of the givens coming in here. He and Eli Brooks, guys that were not necessarily givens, all we we made too much of of their given status because of their high school credentials. Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate, I think those two are the guys that really could bring Michigan from, okay, this was just a growth year and a good try. We'll put it back together in, uh, in 22, 23 and a team that has a chance to make the NCAA tournament. If we see more of the Maryland, Caleb Houston, more of the, the Maryland uh, and at other times, Musa Diabate, these are guys that could really lift this team if they are in fact getting their feet under them in, at the college level. Uh, yeah, and let's not forget Frankie Collins, John. I mean, we saw that by the third or fourth trip down the court. He just took it to he took it, you know, ninety-four feet and just drove to the rail and and put it and laid it in. And he had so many other moments in that game of of sheer athleticism uh, that he had. And Devontae Jones, I asked him about that. I always ask players about other players. I, I get the that's the best way to get perspective from what people see in practice. It's like, wow, it's mind-boggling what he can do what we're seeing in practice from Frankie Collins. He is going to be uh, a great Michigan guard. I'm, I'm, I'm making that statement. Maybe that combination, you know, maybe this is way, uh, I'm probably going overboard here, but a combo of Derek Walton and Karis LeVert, maybe little skill sets in both directions, I'm thinking. Um, and if he can get his shot fixed, what is fixable, because it needs to get a little remedied, he's going to be a great player. But uh, you talked about Hunter and Diabate and Caleb. They all, you know, they will all get better. And I keep, you know, when I see, when I see what happens, you know, with Franz Wagner, all these guys doing such great things in the NBA who have left, you know, the, you know, the, from last year's team are gone from this year's team, you know, three guys in the NBA, Shawnee Brown starting with the Hawks. Did we think that was going to happen? I mean, there's some crazy talent that left that team in Michigan still adjusting to them. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that uh, they lost a lot of talent. And uh, the expectation was, okay, but these are highly ranked uh, high school guys. They're going to pop right in and do the same thing. Well, they haven't. And uh, you're living with that. And, of course, you talked about your comparisons with Frankie Collins. Um, obviously, I don't have too high of expectations for him. All I want is by his junior year to be uh, to be where Ricky Green was when uh, when he came. To <laughs> <laughs> I'll so, take that, baby. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you would. We all would. Uh, yeah. Look. Uh, tell me where you think this basketball team, just as we wrap this thing up, where you think this team will be in a month from now? Will it be competing for that uh, NCAA bubble? Or do you think we're, we're, it's one of those years where we just have to kind of uh, reset the expectations and say, okay, this is building for the future? That's a great question. I mean, your question is, is, is this going to be like a 14-15 season? You know, is when it, Levert, and, you know, you know, they were hurt. And yes. I mean, that was, is it going to be that where sub 500? Listen, ask me this question and I'll answer it anyway, but you know me, I'll answer it anyway. But, but I'll know a better uh, uh, an answer for this at about 530 on Sunday after mm -hmm. that game in Bloomington. Because if they can take that energy, confident level of energy that they did at most of the, you know, up until the seven minute mark in Champaign against Illinois, and then pretty much all, you know, 40 minutes against Maryland, other than a few minutes of a, a defensive letdown, then if, if they, if they win in Bloomington, then they're right back in the saddle and they could make a run and get into this tournament. 
Uh, but if they lose and then, then, then you're down, you're back into the two and four range and you're only, you know, you're only one over 500. I mean, or you're not very much over 500 when you, when you, you know, when you look at the non-conference, I mean, there were seven and seven going into this Maryland game. I mean, it's a little bit scary. Like this might be an, an NIT year, which we cringe the thought what we're used to around here in Michigan basketball. But I, I I'm going to say that they're going to, I'm going to say that they're going to make a decent run. Um, I could, it was Hunter talking to him on Tuesday. It was a different Hunter Dickinson. It's like, he's totally reengaged. And I think that COVID really hit him a lot worse than people think. And if you get Brandon Johns back in this, uh, back into, into the rotation, and maybe 10 or 12 minutes of positive contribution, then you got a lot of depth. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be a deep team. And I think that's going to be necessary um, as, as they go down the stretch. Well, and the beauty of all this, we do get to reassess after Sunday. We do get to reassess on a week-by-week basis, yes. and that's what we'll be doing. We'll certainly know a lot more about uh, Michigan's football situation very, very soon. We'll keep following it all for, for all of our listeners. And Tom Crawford, appreciate you as always, uh, and look forward to the next time. Always a pleasure, JB. We'll talk to you next week.